Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a cinema sangha podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows. My name is Devin Faraci. I am one of the hosts of this show. Joining me as he always does. Hi, this is Derek Faraci, Lord of Mischief, or God, God of Mischief? God damn it. We're not taking it over. Nope. <laughs> we'll do it live. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Our father came to visit you and our sister. Yes, for two days they were hanging out. Was How was nice. it? It was very nice. It was a good time. It was, I enjoyed it at least. I don't. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But He I had a very good time. I'll tell you that. He had a very good, good time. Good. I'm glad to hear. Uh, so, but are you happy to get your apartment back now? Um, I, I mean, they didn't really hang out. We didn't hang out in my apartment very much, but it, it's, it was the first time in like two and a half or like two and a half in like a year and a half, I guess, since like pandemic where I spent more than like an hour to talking to somebody <laughs> and it was in person. So it was like, it was honestly kind of exhausting because it was like, Man, I gotta keep coming up with things to talk about here. Like this is, <laughs> this is kind of rough. Yeah, it's the strangeness of reopening. Everybody's dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we went to restaurants, and like that was a, an odd experience, and that I had not been in one in a in over a year. And, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was very it was wacky. Yeah, but it was very enjoyable. It was it was a very good time. It's going to be a weird year. Yes. As we climb out of this hole. I think there's going to be like a lot of fighting. People talk about like hot girl summer or like the orgy summer, but I think there's going to be a lot of fighting this summer. You think so? Yeah. I think people don't know how to interact anymore. And I think there's a lot of butting heads and a lot of acting out. I got into a fight this week. I saw that, that you were, uh, somebody was yelling outside your house. Yeah. So these people stood in front of my apartment building and were arguing and yelling about their dinner. It was like nine o'clock and um, they had clearly just come from the, I live right around off the boulevard up here, right? Like, it's so like the main Avenue. So there's like bars and stuff. And they had yeah. clearly come from a bar and were going back to their car and then had stopped to have an argument about socks. The guy was wearing, I don't even know. And then also about their dinner. And it was like right outside my kitchen window, right? And so like at one point, like they're yelling back and forth, even though they're right next to their woman's, they're trying to order Indian food to have waiting for them when they get home. And the woman is like, is curry good? And I yell out the window, it's fine. Uh, and that was about as aggressive as I was going to get. You know what I mean? Like the uh, the old answering their questions for them bit that you do when people are loud outside your window. Yes. Do you do that? Only, only, only I do that. I, I have a great story about doing that, but uh, that's for another time. Uh, so... But what happened is my neighbor across the street um, came out of her apartment and was like, you guys are too loud. You got to get out of here. And she's the woman who got me this apartment because okay. it's the same owner of both apartment buildings across the street from each other. And so she's like my friend. And so she came out and I heard her come out and I can really recognize her voice. And she goes, you guys got to get out of here. It's too loud. You're in front of people's homes. It's nine o'clock at night. It's like a Sunday. Get, get lost. And the guy goes, suck my fucking dick, you bitch. Well, <laughs> and uh, excuse my language, uh, but I saw red. Like I'm like, I, it's right outside my window. I just, I didn't even think. I just put my shoes on and I went outside. And what I would like to be able to do in a situation like this is to go outside and go, friend, that's a very aggressive way to speak to a woman. Perhaps you'd like to apologize to her and then go home. Yeah. Uh, but instead I come out my door and I go, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Screaming. Your New, your New York came out. 
Big Time New York came out. Get the <laughs> get the fuck get back in your fucking car and get the fuck out of here. Uh, and then yeah, it was Joe like, Pesci with it. It was all, it was like very intense. And my friend from across the street, she's, um, she's a tough girl. She's yeah. like five ten and covered in tattoos. Like I wouldn't want to mess with her. Sure. Um, and so she was like getting very aggressively in this guy's face. And then, <laughs> so him and his girlfriend go down the street and they make it halfway down the street. And like, she, my friend is kind of like following 20 feet behind. And I go, you know, Hey, don't worry about it. They're gone. Come back. And as soon as she turns around, the dude down the street yells, you want to fucking fight me? You want to fucking fight me? And then he does this fake run at us for about six steps. Yeah. Like he's going to come running back. You know what I mean? Sure, like, And then yeah. he just stops and turns around. And then he, we're all standing out in the stoop. A bunch of people came out from both apartment buildings. And everybody was like ready to go fight this guy because of what he had said to her. And um, we're all standing out in front of the front stoop and talking and laughing. And then his guy drives by and he spits out his car window at us. But like, we're like 15 feet from the street. So like, it doesn't even come anywhere near us. Uh, It was very wild. But I felt bad because in that situation, what I would like to be able to do is come in. Do you know, the thing is, what my ideal scenario is to come in like a Kung Fu guy. I was going to say, you want to be very uh, Archer from Archer and Armstrong about it. Yeah, because that's what a Kung Fu guy does. A yeah. Kung Fu guy comes in and goes, friend, we have to take this seriously. And then what happens most is- Most honorable friend. Most honorable friend. Can we not handle this peacefully and with silence? And then he comes at you with a knife and you just twirl your hands and he's unconscious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. you have to be a Kung Fu guy to do that. Like Because like when you come at the people like that, I my theory is when you come at aggressive people like that with quiet, very often they will see you as a target and that yeah. you are weak and they will come at you. So if you can defend yourself, that's great. I cannot defend myself. Yes. Um, you know, if I got into a fight, I've never won a fight, right? So, but I've been in a lot of fights, but I've never won one. My one thing is that like, I, I'm like willing to like take a punch and I'm also willing to like gouge a person's eyeballs out. Sure. So like, those are like my, my skills. But other than that, like I'm not really good in a fight. And so the premise that I walk into these things with is the bigger and louder I am at the beginning of it, the less likely it is it will escalate. I will have taken it to the top and this person will not take it to the next level. Yeah. Um, so... But you know what I did do after that fight, though? What'd you do? I bought a small baseball bat. There you go. Because next time this happens, and the thing is, I live on a very quiet street traditionally, but like this past year, there have been a couple of wild incidents on my street. Okay. And um, the next time this happens, I'm just going to walk out with the baseball bat and go, hey, what's going on here? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a couple of wife beaters to wear when you come out with the baseball. We bat. can't call those. We can't call those. Oh, anymore. we can't call that anymore. What are they called now? Tank I tops, know. I guess. Oh, I wear them. They're called uh, under yeah, tops. I, I do, I in fact, know. wear them every single day underneath my clothes. But yeah. uh, yes, I, I I I I do have that. Okay. What what I don't have is is there a problem out here? <laughs> Actually, what I want to go out there and I go, well, 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 what do we have here? <laughs> and I just like, tap the bat in my hand. But the thing is, like, I feel like. Like, cause this year also I had a guy pull a shotgun on me yes. um, and he cocked it. That was fucking unbelievable to yeah, have a person crazy. cock a shotgun in your direction. That is that's fucking terrifying. crazy. Um, but like, there's just been enough wild stuff on my street that at this point I feel like maybe I want to like have the bat just in case. Cause sure. I'm not, I'm old now, you know, I'm, I'm 47. Like I'm not like in the prime of my life. I'm sure if I took a punch, also I wear glasses these days. If yeah. I took a punch, it probably wouldn't be great. Yeah. Um, all right. You got any Marvel news? Uh, two bits of Marvel news. Not These much. are the characters who can fight. These are the characters who, who are written to fight. Uh, Jamila Jamil from, um, what was it called? The Bad Place? The Good Place. The Good Place. Whatever the name of the show is. The Good Place. Uh, she has been cast as 
uh, Titania in She-Hulk. Is that official or is that just some website said that? It said it was official. Okay. Uh, if it's official, I mean, I, that's been a rumor for a while. I yeah. just wasn't sure if this was, I, I saw this on some website and I wasn't sure if this was like a legitimate thing or not. I've seen it a couple, but now you got me wondering. <laughs> the, the link that I, I'm looking at doesn't have like a link to where they got it from. So I don't know. Now I'm worried. Maybe, maybe she hasn't been cast. Maybe that's a lie. But uh, that's what I keep seeing. Well, it's been a big rumor, and I, I like I said, I saw it, and I just wasn't sure if it had been an official announcement or if it was a website claiming it. But I, it probably is true either way. Yeah. She has a pretty incredible controversy section of her Wikipedia page. She – does she? I mean, I know she runs into some problems on Twitter every now and again, right? Yeah. But. Well, she runs into problems on Twitter because she, like, says stuff that she probably shouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, none of it seems – at least the ones I've seen, where I was never like, I, I guess you can be angry about this. So here, so in interviews, Jamil has mentioned several bee attacks in her life, including being hit by a car at age 17 while running away from a bee. In 2015, Jamila claimed that while she was interviewing musician Mark Ronson in the Hollywood Hills, the biggest swarm of killer bees she had ever seen made them retreat. Oh, it's like in pop star, never stop, never stopping. Exactly, pop star. Ronson contradicted Jamil's version of events, describing one or two individual bees. <laughs> So that and, means she she exaggerates is and walking slowly inside. Jamil okay. related that while filming the first season of The Good Place in 2016, she was chased by a, a dark swarm of bees and again got hit by a car. In 2019, Jamil states that she ran away from bees while crossing the road to the UN headquarters to give a speech. So she's being constantly chased across streets by bees. <laughs> I I hope she was going to the UN to discuss how the bees are vanishing, and she was like, "Kill them all." That was her stance on it. Uh, in several UK interviews in 2013, as well as on the 1 October 2018 episode of Good Morning America, complete with video footage of her falling, Jamil stated that she lost a tooth, smashed her nose, broke her elbow, and several ribs, and got a concussion when she slipped and fell on her face while running around the set with Ollie Murs at a recorded event leading up to the pair acting as presenters at the Orange Orange Rock Corps Volunteers London concert. Uh, footage shot after this incident shows Jamil competing various challenges for the event, including pushing a wheelbarrow full of wood chips and helping, helping to build a coat rack. That is with a broken elbow and several broken ribs, apparently. Uh, Jamil stated she glued her broken tooth together with eyelash adhesive after the incident, which has apparently held on as of 2020. <laughs> or she went and got it fixed afterwards. Uh, she, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, she had uh, a couple of times that she claims to have had breast cancer scares in a bunch of times. She claims to have had a bunch of things removed from her breasts over times. Uh, a 2020 a social media user accused of Jamil of having Munchausen syndrome, of falsifying or exaggerating specific public health claims of health issues. She claimed to have a peanut allergy at birth and had recently posted an image of a peanut snack. Jamil denied that she had the condition. Uh, she also stated she experienced anxiety, depression, and obsessive compulsive disorder. As part of World Mental Health Day, Jamil stated she had survived a suicide attempt six years prior. Uh, so uh, she's got like a lot of uh, she says a lot of stuff about yeah. herself. Yeah, and then people get angrier, angry at her about it. And I don't think any of that's worth getting angry at her about. I don't think it's worth getting angry. I do think that continuously lying about being chased by bees is fucking incredible, though. <laughs> Well, is she continuously lying about being chased by bees or does she exaggerate bee moments? You know, either way, it still it still feels like a Munchausen's thing. Like it does feel like she is 
exaggerating these things to get attention and to get yes attention. maybe yeah I, I mean i don't know so who knows but yeah it's the definitely a very her, eventful life the, the thing about her is that she has a very scolding and condescending tone in her yes. social media posts that i think is why people come at her yes. i think that if she was i think that if she had like a jovial or whatever a tone but her tone is very scolding yeah um, she's got to pick up uh tips from what's her face and Tell other women to kill themselves, and then everyone will love her. Chrissy Teigen. Yes. What else we got? Uh, the second bit of news is that uh, Elizabeth Olsen said that she, there will not be a second season of WandaVision. That uh, she was being interviewed by Kelly Coco Cuoco for Variety, and they were talking back and forth. And uh, Kaylee was like, I love WandaVision. Is there going to be a second season? And she said, nope. And then... Kayla was like, oh, that's great. I just got an exclusive from you. She's like, well, you never know what Marvel will do. Who knows? Maybe there will be something else. But. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that um, Elizabeth Olsen has said before that she's had to renegotiate her contract a number of times because they keep bringing her back for things, including WandaVision, which she was not originally signed on for. She had to negotiate that. Yeah. So I don't know what they negotiated with her in terms of TV stuff, but I would not be surprised if either – there is a sequel, a second season of WandaVision, or more likely there is never a second season of WandaVision, but there is another show that runs one season with her and Vision in it. Do you know or what just I mean? another show with, where she shows up in some fashion. Yeah. You know, so, she could show up in Secret Invasion or like anything that they're doing, right? Yeah, she could show up in anything, and there could be another show with these characters, but it wouldn't be the same premise, so I don't think it would be the same show. Yeah. But the odds of her being trapped in another sitcom world is pretty slim. And it seems if they did that again, it would be like, come on, guys, really? Like, like you gotta, you gotta mix it up here. I mean, I wouldn't mind like if she was trapped like in dramas or something like that. But even that like feels like okay, we did it already though. Yeah, like, we, we already we ran this. through that. We yeah. did this. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that I would one, they haven't decided or they haven't got anything moving. But also two, I can't imagine why you do a second season of One Division. You would just do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that more, the Disney Plus shows, I think we're going to be forced to look at how these TV shows work in a really different way. That it's not going to be traditional TV shows where it's like multiple seasons or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like there will never be a fa- – well, maybe there will be a Falcon and Winter Soldier season two because maybe it will be the new Falcon. But still, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, I would not hold my breath on these Disney shows aping traditional multi-season TV. Films. I mean d- d- depending what happens – with Loki, which we'll be discussing in a few minutes. Uh, I could see yeah, that. You were just like, doing a Marcus Parks impersonation. I was. <laughs> I, I, I could see that going more than one season, depending on what happens. You know? But we'll see. We'll see what happens on the show, obviously. We'll see what happens on the show. We'll have our theories about that in just moments. Is that, it? Is that everything for Marvel News? That's it for news. All right. Let's hear some jokes. What the it's what? It turned into your mama jokes. Oh boy! Yeah, and they have nothing to do with with Marvel. Find us some ones that have to do with Marvel. Oh, okay. Uh, here's a your mama joke that has a connection to Marvel. Your mama so mean that Doc Ock doesn't even like her. Well, the thing is that Doc Ock likes nice ladies. He he almost married Aunt May. Yes. Yes, he did. I'm gonna give a thumbs down on that one. I agree. I give it for many reasons. <laughs> Pretty wild to do your mama jokes in this day and age. I feel like that's transgressive and not allowable. I would think so. Especially like some of these are really mean too. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, mean in terms of like yo mama jokes, but like, you know. Well, give us another one. This silence on this radio show. Yo, yo mama is so old that when she was born, the, uh, the Dead Sea was just getting sick. That's really good. That's pretty good. They must have stole that from somewhere. <laughs> what is that? Like, how are you writing a book about Marvel jokes for kids? And you're like, let's do a Dead Sea Scrolls joke. There you go. They're like, your mama's so old when she was uh, born, the Celestials hadn't even done the first host. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's not just Just a Dead Sea joke is quite surprising. It's pretty good, though. It was just sick. Yeah. I've heard that one before. They've, they, they've like, not like, original. Your mama's so old, she was the Watcher's nanny. You know. There you, there go, you go, baby. Your mom right, is so silly. More. All right. Your mom is so silly. I asked her to speak her mind and she stayed silent. Oh, they put silly instead, instead of, stupid. of stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's how yeah. you do it for the kids' books. I guess so. What about moving forward in this joke book if we just do Marvel ones? All right. Well, then that's fine. We, we did three today. But moving forward on the show as we move into the Loki season, what if we did that? I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to talk about Loki season one, episode one? Goddamn right I am. Let's do it. Loki, season one, episode one, Glorious Purpose. And we begin right directly in the middle of uh, Avengers Endgame. Yes. Uh, But we do it in a way that it is edited as such that Robert Redford never shows up. Yes, Robert Redford never shows up, and Loki changes age between shots. (laughs) He certainly does. Uh, not, not a crazy amount, but it's noticeable. Well, we're all sort of playing a game when we watch this that we all yeah. pretend that these characters that are like yeah. immortals have not aged tremendously. Yeah. Trust me, if you put me next to uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston today and then looked at both of us back in 2012, you'd look at me and be like, "That's that dude is aged terribly. Tom Hiddleston, he's fine. Like he's no, he's aged really well. These guys have yeah. all aged really well. But like, if you look at them, it's almost like aged. they're wealthy and they 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 they're healthy and wealthy, and that helps. But actually, that's what's funny. That's actually what makes it worse because when you look at Chris Hemsworth in like the first Thor, and then look at him now, he yeah. is like so much buffer and like more manly and like more obviously grown up and like masculine. Well, especially and that one photo of him that came out this past week, where his pretty arms crazy. Were like the size of me. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But this is the same thing with um. With Tom Hiddleston, because Hiddleston came in, and I think he probably wasn't doing like a lot of like working out for that first movie. And he was very and thin. He was very thin yeah. back then, very gangly, and now he is much beefier as we see him with his shirt off in this episode. And he's also just older. His face is older. I mean, like I, we all we all play the game. We all go, "This is an immortal god who has not changed." But it's been you know thirteen fucking years or so since yeah. these guys first showed up. So of course they've changed. Yes. But anyway, we go back to the events of Avengers Endgame, which was we knew at the time was setting up Loki's further adventures because Loki gets his hand on the Tesseract and then uh, leaps out of uh, 
Avengers t- the 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 lobby of Avengers Tower. I really love how the, many of the other Avengers are in shots here, but they do not show Robert Redford. They must have just not signed the right contract with Redford. I guess. Yeah, I thought that was uh, I, that didn't really stand out to me, but yeah, he's just not. Well, because I was like, my God, are we going to see Robert Redford on a TV show right now? And then, no, we are not. So he leaps out, and where he and that's what we saw in Endgame, more or less. Like we see more or less what we saw in Endgame. Now we see where he leaps to, and it's it's like outer Mongolia. And yes. he comes crashing down, and he is immediately found by some Mongolians. And the first thing he tries to do is rule them, because this is still Avengers-era Loki. Well, b- before that, we hear theremin music, which made me very excited. <laughs> Why did it make I was, me so excited? I don't know. It was just like so – it was so different from all the other Marvel music that we've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I was really excited by the theremin. I was like, ooh, that's fun. That's like uh, fun old school sci-fi weirdness, like Doctor Who kind of feeling to it. I liked it. But like before any of this happens, like so he begins like like I am Loki, I am burdened with glorious purpose, like his yeah. big Avengers speech. Yeah. And uh but before anything can happen, a fucking portal opens up and a bunch of soldiers pop out well, and they just take him out. Before even that, the Mongolians speak to him in their language and he doesn't understand, which now leads to the question, are his, gather, uh, are his guardians speaking English? Yeah, yes, they must be then. Right? Because everybody else understands them. They must be speaking English. So that's interesting. That is a good point. Well, you ruined this. The show, we're not even going to finish this podcast. That's you the end of the show, the show. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the show to death. I found the, the I found the now. biggest plot hole. <laughs> um, so he ends up uh, encountering these soldier boys, and at first he's like very um, defiant, but um, then he gets hit in the face with like a um, speed stick, basically that slows him down. And this is the first time I laughed out loud in this episode. I laughed out loud yes. in a very his, big way. His face rippling in slow motion no, slow motion and at first i thought the show had gone to slow motion so did and I. then so did i laughed I. twice as hard when i realized only he had gone to slow yeah, motion when, when when the woman walks into the shot i was like that's fantastic <laughs> that's great and this show so this show takes waste no time in getting to the meat of it like this show really wastes no fucking time so he no. gets captured he gets captured immediately and brought to the tva the time variance authority uh, yes. And so they take him right into the TVA, and the TVA is the Time Variance Authority. And this seems like it's going to be our home for the rest of the series, or at least the, the premise, like the, the office location, it seems like, I guess, like the, the headquarters, right? I think they're going to be jumping around a lot, but no, but you remember uh, there was a, a fair quote, amount. Yeah. There was a be. quote that we talked about from Falcon and Winter Soldier where Malcolm Spellman said he didn't want to make that show a headquarters show. Yeah. This, I feel like, is a headquarters show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, they'll always be here and then doing things from here is what I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. So the TVA is, I think, really well done. I had, I had a lot of complaints about Falcon Winter Soldier in terms of um, set design and production value. I have none here. I think no, this no, looks it, unbelievable. It all went to here, <laughs> as far as I could tell. These are really, really fun sets from the looks of it. Yeah. And it's got Pillboy from The Good Place. It does. Eugene Cordero shows up yes. as Casey, who's like the receptionist at the TVA. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he has the first joke that made me laugh really hard. Which when, is what? When they hand him the Tesseract and, and, she, and the, the woman's like, put this in the, 
into uh, evidence and goes, what is it? And, and Loki goes, it's the Tesseract. He's like, sounds dumb. <laughs> that made me laugh. That made me laugh really hard. Eugene Cordero is so good. And it's funny because he was in The Good Place. And this whole thing has big Good Place vibes. Yes. yes. Did you watch Good Place? I did. I yeah. did. This whole show has big Good Place vibes. Um, it's like the Marvel version of the good place, like in terms of like the bureaucracy behind the scenes, but it also has like big Brazil vibes. I think that's a big part of what I enjoyed in this opening sequence as Loki is being sort of, um, processed. He's being taken in. He has to sign a thing that's, uh, acknowledges that this is a transcript of every word he's ever uttered. Yes. And as soon as he goes, what? A new page comes out and he has to sign that as well. It also reminded me a lot of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Big Douglas Adams vibes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Enormous Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams is big. Brazil is big. Um, It basically has the um, 1980s British uh, uh, sensibility here. Yes. That like Thatcherite socialist Britain sensibility. Um, And I really fucking loved it. Like from the beginning, I was just like taken by this. I just thought it was so charming and so delightful. Um, and also, I, it, did, did you catch what else was in the waiting room though? What else was in the waiting, waiting room? There was a scroll. Oh, was there? That's right. They, they, I yeah. had read about that. But I did not see him. Yeah. Um, I was, I was excited. Uh, so I don't know if that's actually meaningful or if it's just a background. Yeah. I think it was just a background, but it was somewhere the first time I watched through the episode, I was like, it's too bad they didn't put in any like aliens or anything mixed in with the TVA people and then the second time I'm watching i was like oh there's a scroll oh. yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool yeah. and uh i'll tell you like immediately what this show begins doing is the thing that i like that marvel comics i think does so well and dc does this as well but i think marvel does this particularly well which is to pull the camera back and say you know that stuff you thought was important and like the fate of the universe guess what it wasn't that important and in fact there's bigger more cosmic shit happening yes. outside of frame and this show really does that yeah and um like, so he, like in a shocking way it's in some fashion yeah it really like, does wow, huh? and in the beginning i the other thing i like is as he's going through this processing loki is highly confused he's irritated um he is pissed off he feels like he's being badly treated um he hates it um he keeps falling to the floor so he doesn't even have an option as far as like what's going to happen to him next yeah. uh, they, they disintegrate his his movie budget suit so that it won't make the other tv show budget <laughs> suits look bad <laughs> they do they do they put him in a jumpsuit which is very easy to make well it's uh, just like gonna it, be- in the in the first scene when the tva comes to meet him in mongolia and they're wearing tv suits like right. they look fine it's nothing against the 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 customers or anything but they're obviously not on the same budget as what he's wearing in that scene and then right away it's like okay and then that gets disintegrated yeah Talk. it does like, and then what happens is they give him that fucking jumpsuit which is going to be everywhere at halloween this year i feel like Oh yeah, that's the that's the outfit. That's like a really good cheap outfit, like to put together. I feel like to me. Um, yes, but uh, he goes through all these indignities, and he finally ends up in this like waiting room where it's like a line. It's like, it's like the DMV essentially, and he's been going through all of this with Josh Fadum, who is a uh, mid tier uh, LA comedian who says, and he was also. Um, he was on the good place as well, I believe. He, I think he. I'm sure if you're if you're a mid tier LA comedian, you probably were on yeah. the good place. He, he was definitely. On, he was on Thirty Rock as Liz Lemon's teenage uh, agent. Which yes, I that's right. He was. Yeah, but um, I couldn't make it out both times I watched it. But when we first see him, he says, "My father is," and I. It sounds to me like he says, "My father is Thor." No, he says, "My father is an executive at Goldman Sachs." Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he's I'm, like I some don't kind know of where rich I was boy. Thor, then, but. 
Yeah, he's some kind of rich boy. I'm pretty sure that's okay. what he says. Um, so what happens, his whole purpose in this sequence, though, is that when Loki gets to the DMV line and he's ordered to take a ticket, because Loki would traditionally not take the ticket, Josh yeah. Fadum exists to be the guy who doesn't take the ticket. And, and, and it's great because Josh Fadum looks like a short, pudgy Loki. He has that look, yeah. Yeah, so so he's like he's like the the more annoying Loki, almost. And uh, when he doesn't take the ticket, one of the TVA guards disintegrates him. Yes. Thus giving Loki a good reason to take the ticket. Yeah. Although I do um, like that he doesn't take the ticket, and then when he gets up there, and like, where's your ticket? And he's like, that guy wouldn't let me take a ticket. He said I didn't need a right, ticket. That, like, what, what? It's just this entitled asshole vibe yeah. that he, like, that character has. Um, so speaking of which, they disintegrate, they disintegrate Loki's outfit. They disintegrate Josh Fadum. They also disintegrate the entire timeline from Avengers Endgame. I the New York City timeline. So? They, they do because they set the charge. But but it says it resets the timeline when they do that. Yeah, but that just means that it's gone, that the offshoot is gone. Because what happens now is we watch a, a very well-done animated thing. Well, very often in these kinds of shows or movies, when they do these animated like instructional video things, they yeah. don't have the feel of the real thing. This yeah. legitimately has the feel of the real thing. I'm very torn by this. Well, because. it has information that would never be in one of these. No, no, the not, animation. not the information. Not, not with the animation style, like, like a quality or what it says, the, the exposition of it all. It's something where I, I think it works very well in the show. I enjoy it. I liked it. But there's also part of me that's like, I'm really kind of bored with seeing 1950s, 60s era stuff like this. Like, I'd like to see, mix it up. Especially here's the... TVA, they have all of time and space. Give us something a little different, maybe. Like, I get why you do it because everybody knows what it is, you know, and, and so you, nobody's, you don't have to explain it in any way. But especially coming off of WandaVision, where we saw similar kinds of animation stuff, and it was like, I'd like to see something different, but I also enjoy it. So I'm not complaining that it's there. Yeah, I get you know? where you're coming from. But honestly, I don't think I want to see a like 1980s, hey dudes. So you're having a gnarly time here at the TVA. Like, I don't want to see that either. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that these things are so distant from our existence that they feel like charming, old-fashioned-y things. Well, that, I mean, it's the same as uh, the Fallout games, where it's like, yeah, it's there, and, and there, there's something charming Americana about it, but it's also got a, a space-age feel, because that's, you know, what they were going for with all this kind of stuff. And I get it, but I'd like – it, it seems like an easy fallback and and again, like I said, it's because everybody will know exactly what you're doing, so you don't need to further explain it in any way. And I get that, right? But yeah, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut yeah. on top of a shortcut because yeah. this thing is a shortcut to narr- to to exposition, and then the shortcut on top of that, and then on top of that, on top of that, it's good merch because Miss Minutes is going to certainly be merch. Yes. So yeah. I mean, Miss Minutes is the character. She's a clock, and she's the character who narrates the story of the TVA and what the TVA is. And in this thing. She talks about how sometimes there is the sacred timeline that exists that is overseen well, the, by the there time were, lords. There were many timelines. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, timeline we'll get to that. I want to. I want to okay. do that at the end of this because we'll, okay. we'll probably talk way a lot about that. Yeah. So the basics of it are that there are the sacred timeline. Uh, the timekeepers are the ones. It's timekeepers, right? Yes. Time lords. Because so. timekeeper is a character from DC as well, isn't he? 
Yes, but Time Lord is Doctor Who. So Doctor Who. Well, you really that. run out of names on these things. Um, they're they're characters from the comics, so I should the actually time know guys, those. the time dudes, the time lizards. Um, so they oversee the sacred timeline, and sometimes things go wrong with the sacred timeline. Either you do something you're not supposed to do, or you miss your bus, or whatever, and you create an offshoot timeline. And their job is to go into these offshoot timelines and reset them, which basically means pruning the timeline, so that that offshoot no longer exists. Yeah. So, like in terms of the Avengers Endgame thing, we spend a lot of time talking with Hulk and the Ancient One about what happens if you fuck up these alternate branch realities that you make and the ancient ones like you will destroy trillions of lives. And in this show, the first thing that happens is these guys show up and destroy a trillion lives because they just bright, they, they just edit that branch. Yep. They just straight edit it and it's gone. So yeah, as you said, the TVA is in charge of this and this began because once upon a time, many, 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 many millennia ago, there was a multiverse and a multiverse war broke out and it almost ended everything. But the timekeepers were able to pull it together for this one sacred timeline and ever since then they've been lording it over. What's interesting is that multiversal wars is traditionally a DC Comics thing. Except for? Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Which was the semi-sequel to the classic Secret War. Secret War? Singular. No, no, no. The original was Secret Wars as well. Oh, was it Secret Wars as well? I thought it was Secret yes. War. Mortal Secret Wars. Secret War. No, Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2. Then Bendis did Secret War, which oh, was... Oh, you're right. I should know. I was, I was buying these comics. Undercover. I have a giant bound edition of Secret Wars 2 on the shelf there right next go. to me. I should there totally know this. Well, and Secret then, the, the, new, the, the new Secret Wars the by new what's his face? Uh, I can't remember the, the writer's name. Who's, who He was doing Avengers and he was doing the whole incursion thing where timelines were – universes were folding on each other. And and they the Avengers had to decide which universes in the multiverse could exist and which ones couldn't. And it led to Secret Wars, to the new Secret Wars. This is a, so this is a wild storyline because, yeah, you're right. That, that's what was happening. It was really weird because um, – this is not a Marvel story traditionally. This is like the DC story. Ever since yes. 1985, 86, that's been the story that DC keeps telling again and again and again. Yes. Is about it's about uh, versus was Jonathan, Jonathan Hickman. Hickman, by the way. Yeah. Which, so th- that's been a long theory online, is that Hickman originally was trying to do Legion of Superheroes and pitched this idea, and DC said, no thanks, and then he was like, I'll do it with the Avengers. It's so weird because the one outcome, like the one major outcome of this big story. So what happens is all these universes are destroyed. The event, the, the Avengers, the Illuminati specifically, which is yes. this secret group of like Doctor uh, Namor, Doctor No, 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 Doctor Doom's not on it. No, it's just it's Reed Richards, it's Reed Namor, Richards, Professor X, Black Professor Bolt, X, uh, uh, Black Panther, Black Bolt, Black Bolt. Uh, Beast, I think, is on it. Maybe. Well, they do no, all these. I don't, I don't think it's Beast. So they, but what they do is that they they're like behind the scenes pulling strings in the Marvel universe. This is a thing. Oh, that was Iron Man, Iron Man, and Iron Captain Man. America. But yeah. then when Captain America is against the idea of destroying other realities to save their own, they wipe his mind and <laughs> make him forget all about <laughs> Which it. Which is also a fucking DC story. But um, well, that's uh, a very Professor X thing as well. You no, know, I know it's a very Professor X thing, but it's also isn't that one of the premises of that's one of identity the crisis. identity crisis? Yeah. yeah. Um. So. They end up creating this one reality, and it's it's made up stitched. It's one planet made up of stitched together pieces of different Marvel multiversal realities. It's called Battle World, and they have to like there's like fighting and yeah, it's pretty good. It's actually a pretty good. It's a great story. It, and it, 
in the end, it was all like, hey, how do we get Miles Morales into the universe since we're shutting down the ultimate line? Yeah, because Miles Morales is Spider-Man in an alternate universe, and they wanted to keep the character around. So this whole thing, the only real outcome of it was that Miles Morales came to the Marvel Universe. That was it. It was like really crazy. It was this very intense crossover. Like they canceled the Marvel line for a couple of months. Like only these books came out. And then at the end of it, it was just Miles Morales showed up in the Marvel Universe, and they didn't even like do like an exciting story with that. They just jumped ahead six months and said, Hey, so miles, you've been in the Marvel universe for a while. How do you like it? He's like, well, it's a little weird. They (laughs) did that. And, and they had Reed, Richard, Sue storm and their kids go off to create new universes. Cause, uh, Franklin Richards has that ability to just create universes. And, but everyone thought they were dead back on earth. And then they just kind of came back and like, yeah, we did that for a while, but now we're back. And it was like, Oh, that's just like, I'd like to see those universes. I, I feel like they were setting that up for something and then maybe the plans fell through. I don't know. I don't know. They were just setting up sort of like they were ending the Fantastic Four book for a minute. And so the Fantastic Four just went off into the cosmos to yeah. be always advent- always adventuring into new worlds that they were creating and then exploring. So yeah. that was like sort of like the ending of the Fantastic yeah, Four. That, for that a was minute. part of like the, the Ike Permalter, since we can't have Fantastic Four for the movies, no right. Fantastic Four stuff. No right, because Fox is making yeah. Fantastic Four movies or was potentially yeah. making Fantastic Four movies. So they need to be removed from the universe. Um, and so it's just like really weird though. That was the big, those are the two big outcomes of it. Like, and it's like a huge miniseries. Like it's like very big. Yeah. It's, it impacts every single character. It has the Avengers doing basically, uh, multiversal genocides. I don't think they ever commit genocide. I think every earth that they decide to commit genocide on, they get to, and they find out it's already dead and they're like, Oh, okay, great. <laughs> like, like it's that, it's kind of like the bit in, in Pineapple Express where they keep turning corners and there's just racks of guns and they're like, hey, great. And they pick up new guns. <laughs> it's like that. Because you know? I, I know there's one that they go to and they're like, we're going to let it get destroyed. And then they see that Galactus is in the midst of destroying it and they're like, we're just going to let it play out. It's we're like a weird miniseries. It was a weird miniseries too because like in the first issue they kill off a whole bunch of characters because they know they're going to bring them all back. So like, you know, like Beast and like Black Bolt and Black Widow are fucking killed off. The Punisher kills off most of the Marvel street-level villains in one yeah. scene because the Kingpin has them all over for a party. Yeah. And because they know that um, they're going to reset the universe at the end, but they don't reset it like in a significant way. They don't, no, they don't like clear up anything. Was, yeah, everyone was, thought it was, it was going to be their crisis on Infinite Earths. Like, okay, we're starting over, but that's not what they did at all. They just picked up again. Like, every, yeah, but now up, Miles Morales is here. They just picked up like the day before the storyline began. Like, it's like yeah. such, it's the weird, the weirdest, but it's a very good story. I'm not shit talking. It is. It's a great story. story. The thing with it is it's a story that it's real interesting in that, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four stuff happened where they canceled Fantastic Four afterwards and Ike Permalter was like, no more Fantastic Four. But Jonathan Heckman basically told a story about why the Fantastic Four matters. That's really what the story is about. Right. You know, and then and, and the excitement of the idea of exploration and all this. And it's a great, great story. It's a wonderful story, but it just does not matter. It did yeah. not change anything in the universe. It's so it's weird. weird. Uh, but it's a good story. Well, that, that really is all that matters, I guess, at the end of the day. Yes. Right? Yeah. But one of the things that um, we see in this video, by the way, is that when somebody does create a branch, it's called a nexus event. And if you yes. remember in WandaVision, we talked about Wanda as a nexus being that yes. she's the centerpiece of a multiverse. What's interesting is that according to the show, there is no multiverse. Although this show may or may not be taking place in 2012, it's... <clears throat> it's taking place outside of time in its own weird way. It's, yeah, I mean, it takes place outside of time. We know it's not 2012 because later on we see 
stuff from Infinity War and Endgame. So we know. Well, but they're just showing him his whole file. They have his whole file. Yeah, so they but, have, but they that, have that means that, that they, they exist outside of all that outside stuff. Time, so they know right. what is there, which is interesting because in Infinity War, Doctor Strange is like, I've, I've looked at, you know, 14 million different realities or whatever, and there's only one where we win. And this is how, you know, I'll tell you later how it works. But that means he would have looked at the multiverse, right? I would think. That or he's using the time. What he's doing is he's creating a bunch of fucking branches that the TVA has to come in and close off. Okay. By by fast forwarding using the time gem into each of these options, he is creating yeah. a different reality. And each time the TVA has to walk in and close it off, okay. making a lot of fucking work for them. Yeah, which seems see plausible that. because I don't know. You know, they probably doing a lot of fucking work. You know what I mean? They, well, now that makes two shorts that I want to see about the TVA. Uh, so uh, we 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 see there's a whole bunch of really interesting stuff here in the TVA, um, including they have this collar around Loki that um, will rewind him in time. So if he yes. like lunges at you, he gets rewound. Um, and you got a little remote for it, so you can make him do stuff. Yeah. So he is going to go on trial and basically uh, be uh, just destroyed as yes. a variant. But we cut to. Agent Mobius, yes. a.k.a. Owen Wilson. Mobius M. Mobius is his full name. M. Mobius? Mobius M. Mobius. Mobius M. Mobius. His, his name is a Mobius strip. Yes. I'm uh, guessing his middle name is Mobius. Well. <clears throat> it's probably Mobius, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he is on an investigation, and he is in 1500s France in a cathedral, and all of a sudden this turns into like Loki SVU or yes. Law and Order Loki because they're like they're at a, a murder scene. Yes, and it's Somebody him who's been stabbed multiple times, multiple times. And as they're arguing about this, and they're about to like reset the timeline because this is now a a, a variant timeline, they see there's a kid in the church. And so Mobius goes over and talks to the kid and discovers that the kid saw the killer. Yes. He points to a stained glass window of the devil yes. as saying who did it. And then which, the internet stopped paying attention to the show, I guess. And said, this is Mephisto. Yes. Uh, when quite clearly it's Loki who is wearing a fucking horn helmet. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and even if at, in that moment you're like, oh shit, Mephisto, at the end of the episode they say, we're hunting you. <laughs> like so it's pretty clear i think it's a pretty good scene though here because what happens is they do the effort of introducing us to this little kid and yeah. then telling us they're going to erase this timeline and you kind of mobius tells the kid to go outside like he yes. doesn't want to watch the kid disappear yeah and he also it, takes the kid's gum the kid the kid had gotten has gotten gum from uh the killer it's yeah. kablooey gum which turns your mouth blue and uh, so uh, – but as they're about to do this, somebody comes to a portal and tells um, Mobius that uh, there's something he needs to see. And it's the fact that Loki has been captured. And so Mobius goes to the he trial goes, oh, of Loki. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Mobius. You know what's crazy that Owen Wilson was not in this, in this universe until now? I guess. Because he – well, one, I think that he fits so perfectly – He's unbelievable in this. Oh, he's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. And I he's have, just doing all I Wilson. I've long been a fan of the Wilson brothers. I like them both. But uh, Yeah, they're great, but he's just doing all he's just being Owen Wilson here. You of know course, what I mean? Like they're not allowed to talk to each other anymore, is the is the sad thing. Why is that? Because Luke Wilson is in a DC show. So oh, that. what they're show doing, is he in? He's on Stargirl. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. And he's very good on it. He's really good on it. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, so, but he's, he's, he's just doing Owen Wilson and his, and his whole thing just works perfectly in the MCU. Well, I mean, he kind of disappeared for a while, right? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much we want to talk about this or not. No, no, I I don't want to go into his personal life stuff, but like, he just, he took some time off, I guess, you know, he just kind of, and also faded from like. Yeah, popularity. I mean, the same well, with his he, brother; they both kind of faded from popularity for a bit. Yeah, and and Owen had some hard times. Yes, Owen had some hard times, and he had I'm, some hard I'm times. I'm very happy to see him around because I've always enjoyed his work. I think he's great. You know, yeah, yeah. He had some hard times, and it seems like he's doing good. So that's very good yeah. to see. Um, but the other thing is that he is a friend of the Russo brothers. Oh, is he? He was in You and Me and Dupree. Oh, that's right. That's right. So the Russos have been he ran all their Dupree. friends into me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was Dupree. He, the yeah. Russos have been bringing their friends into all these Marvel things for years, and I can't yeah. believe that this is the first time he's in it. Yeah, wow. Which is good that? because you know what? If they had brought him in, he would have been like some like side character. But here he gets to be a main character. He, he would have been uh, 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 like the bad guy in Iron Man Two, you know, like or something. Well, he would have been like well, the Russos brought him in. He would have been like a funny Shield guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, he would have yeah, been yeah. like that. Like he wouldn't he would have, have been, been like like in the scene when they go back in time to the army base. Yeah, he would have been like, a funny guy there or yeah. whatever. Hey, uh, you look like Captain America. Oh wow. <laughs> but, but here he's a main character. He's incredible. I fucking he's love him in this. I am really hoping that this series isn't the end of him showing up in Marvel stuff. Like Well, you know, in this episode it's like eighty percent just him and Tom Hiddleston talking. Yes. And I could yeah. watch seven more hours of that. And, We'll get to it in a moment, but I do wonder how much ad-libbing there is on this show. Oh, I bet there's, there's probably there's, reasonable amounts. There's two – I guess there's there's three lines, maybe two. Like the, the sounds dumb after Tesseract could be ad-libbed, but I also feel like that's a written joke. That's it's, probably written. I'm going to tell you something. Michael Waldron, the head writer and, and showrunner of this, I, that sounds like a thing that he probably would write. Yeah, okay. But th- there's two lines that are so – Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson, if you don't know, if he's also a great writer. Like, he's a really talented writer as well. So there are two lines I feel like he he came up with them. Like, this is his voice coming through real strong. But yeah. who knows? Maybe Michael Waldron just really knows how to write for Owen Wilson. I, I don't know. It's possible. I mean, it's possible that Owen Wilson's just doing some improv. I mean, like, uh, yeah. it's fucking amazing, though. Like, they're, 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 their scenes together are really incredible. Yeah. Um, so what um what happens now is that basically they have a long he 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 pulls Loki off off of death row. Well the, he, yeah, he goes to the trial and right when they're going to Loki's going to get his sentence, he's like, "Oh, hey, I got to talk to you." And he goes up to the judge and Gugumabatha like, uh and and she's like, "I know what you're thinking. It's a bad idea." And he's like, "God, let me follow a hunch." And and she's like, you know, and she's up in her judge chair desk and she's like okay i'll let you but i still think it's a bad idea and this is the first of the two very own wilson lines where he's looking up at her and goes i feel like i'm always looking up to you i like it it's appropriate yeah that's <laughs> a very like, own wilson and he line, whispers yeah. it to her yeah. and it's like that's great yeah but i can also see it being written it's possible you know because um, I imagine we're going to see more of that character as well. The judge. We're going to see a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's Google them about the world. They don't yeah. just cast her to have her yeah. one little so, scene. Yeah. So I imagine there might be like a relationship between the two of them, you know, and we'll see. But I really like that line. Um, so he takes Loki into the time theater and yes. he begins showing well, Loki his life. Before that, oh, I do, I'm sorry. I know I keep saying before that, but before that, they're walking to the time theater and they stop at a window where you can kind of see the TVA 
existence, city, whatever it is. And it is the most George Perez 70s looking thing. It's really cool. It's so gosh darn awesome. Like, yeah. like it's just so intricate and detailed in such a weird way that Perez used to do when he was drawing Avengers. Like he would just create these like crazy ships and stuff. And, you know, he was obviously taking a step from Kirby and going like one, one further in some aspect, you know, not as colorful, but more intricate. And it was like, looking at that, it was like, my God, that's amazing. That yeah. And it's just, so a, it's just a simple green screen. You know what I mean? Like, but it really works because the nature of the sort of the hallway and the nature of how the characters react to it, I think really, really works. Loki's like, I thought, I thought there was no magic here. Yes. And he's like, oh, that's not magic, man. Because <laughs> um, there is, is no magic in the TVA, by the way. And also this in this sequence, Loki says, uh, this place is a nightmare, to which own, uh, Mobius says, no, that's a different department, which I thought was very interesting. So you want to burn that one down, I'll, 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 I'll give you the tinder. Uh, <clears throat> it is interesting, especially because Michael Waldron wrote um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So is that a hint that Nightmare is going to show up? In the comics, Nightmare, Nightmare the character is not a bureaucrat. No. So I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, but they go to the time theater and uh, basically they have this very lengthy sequence that is like really incredible and probably the best moment in a lot of ways from any of the Marvel shows so far where just basically Mobius breaks down Loki psychologically. Yes. And shows him elements of his past and sort of like starts to get at like the sense of why are you the god of mischief? Like what is this mischief shit about? Like is this really mischievous? Like you yeah. appear to be popping people's eyeballs out and killing them. Like where's the mischief, buddy? Uh, you know, and, and all the time Loki's like, you don't get it. You don't understand what I'm right. doing. And like, yeah. And, it's, and he's just slowly breaking them down. And he hits them with – because Loki's like you – you know, every choice I make is my own. He's like, every choice? Because here's a choice you made. And it cuts to Thor the Dark World. He's showing him his life on a screen. And it goes to Thor to the Dark World. Where he's like, you sent Dark Elves after Thor. And it's him like, you want to go to the left? And then he's like, but this is what happened. And it, it's the death of his mom, of uh, uh, Rene Russo. And he's like, look, your, your decision killed your mother. And, and Loki starts freaking out because that has not happened to him at, at this point in right. his life. So right. he's very confused and very he's very confused. He's like, where are where is she? Where are you holding her? Yeah. Um it's interesting that Loki keys into the idea that this is real, that he doesn't just think it's an illusion. At one point he thinks that the whole thing is an illusion. Yeah. And um then later on there's also another point where he has to go through a machine to test if he's a robot or <laughs> he's not. Right. I like that a lot where he's like he's like, What if I am a robot? <laughs> like, so he this gets from the inside out. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I, love, I love that he gets nervous that he might be a robot. Well though. he goes he goes, Do a lot of people not know that they're robots? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good because the guy says to your knowledge you, you are not a robot yeah it's really yeah. good that's really yeah. really funny I thought that was really good and especially uh, in a superhero universe you could be a robot i mean that's that was a dr doom thing for a long time was dr doom ended up being one of the doom bots and he thought he was the real dr doom right you know i love that stuff um so he so mobius is like breaking down Loki um, in like sort of like classic like psychiatrist patient terms like he's really like making Loki focus and face himself and why he does the things that he does but in the middle of this the hunter who captured Loki comes in and pulls Mobius out and uh, to have a conversation in the hallway which another good line although this one I do think was written was when she comes in and she goes what are you doing he goes my job 
why are you interrupting? Is that your job? <laughs> I really like that. Um, when he goes, when Mobius goes out, Loki pickpockets him and is able to get the controller for his, uh, for his collar and he's yeah. able to escape. Yes. And then we have the sequence where Loki now is escaped and running around TVA and he goes to find Eugene Cordero because he wants to get the Tesseract back. And this is my favorite Cor- Eugene Cordero line read. The fish? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to gut you like a fish. He goes, what's a fish? He's like, what's the matter with a fish? He's like, like, well, I want to, if you're threatening me, I want to understand the threat. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. I mean, like, it's just Cordero so good. I love that guy so much. No, Um, he's he's, great. He's he's just such a great, great. he's an amazing comedic actor who never gets enough to do. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, he's also one of those actors that's the perfect, like, lethal weapon to just insert into a scene. Yeah. You know, last night I was showing, we were, t- my girlfriend and I were talking about, um, for whatever reason, Bronson Pinchot. And we watched the scene that he's in, in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. And it's like, a, imagine being the guy who steals a movie from Eddie Murphy at the height of his powers. That's what Eugene Cordero can do. Eugene yeah. Cordero is the guy that you throw into a thing who can steal the whole scene yeah. from the big actors and I, the I mean, big stars. If you watch The Good Place, you can see that he was brought in for an episode. Right. And then they were like, Oh, this guy's going to become important throughout like a whole season later because right. he's so amazing. He's so funny. How do you not have him keep showing up? And he's he just perfect. He's great. just so – his comedic timing is perfect and his he has this like lovable, sweet dumbness that he can do that's really unreal. It's yeah. just so next level. So Loki uh, corners him and grabs the Tesseract uh, from his cart. He has like his mail cart full of stuff. Which interestingly, he uh, he can grab it. Well, yeah, so everybody everybody in the TVA can grab it because yeah, it doesn't is, do anything in the TVA, yeah. which Loki finds out quickly and finds out even more disturbingly that the mail cart is full of Infinity Stones. I thought he's like, Infinity Stones? There are so many of them. And, the guy, and he goes, he's like, yeah, some of the guys use them as, as, paper, as uh, paperweights, some of them. <laughs> I just loved it. Like, yeah. that's a huge deal. Because before this, we were told there's only the six. That's it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Like, well, there's well, no, there's there's only the six. It's just it's just multiple versions of them from multiple timelines. Yes, but but like like that concept of it now, though, of like, oh, there could be billions of them. But not just that, though. They're now they're devalued. Yes, they're fundamentally devalued. There's like they're yes. they're uh, you know. Uh, uh, it's just the, as a resource, it's not as scarce as you thought, and it's in fact not as powerful as you thought. And this is the thing that Loki comes to understand in this scene. He comes to understand that if he's in a place where people are using Infinity Stones as paperweights, yeah, he looks around and he goes, "Is this the greatest power in the universe?" Yes, and that is where he decides to do start doing his Loki stuff. I think the writing on Loki in this episode is so fucking good because they have him in 2012 mode where he's still a villain. Yeah. He hasn't done the stuff in the other Thor movies and then finally Endgame that make him heroic-ish, you know? Um, But they are able to get him to a place where I think that he can be the protagonist and hero of the show without overriding the villainness. And also they they just really honor the complexity of this character as a guy who can be – punked because he gets punked a lot right that's like his yeah. thing like the, the hulk beating him up in avengers is like one of the iconic moments in the mcu right but at yeah. the same time he's also really smart really ahead of the game they're they're able to find both elements of that in this episode he is both dunked on and he is also ahead of the game 
Yes. Um, so he quite clearly decides at this point that he's going to do the whole suck up to the TVA and take over their power. That's like his clearly what he decides when he goes, is this the greatest power in the universe? Yeah, which they set up earlier when right. him and Owen Wilson are talking to Owen Wilson. He says something like, like, like I, I can be trusted. He's like, yeah, you can be trusted by somebody tougher than you until you stab them in the back. Right. And it's like... That's what he does. Yeah, and then so he goes back to the room, and then they have a little bit more talk. Owen Wilson shows him his own death, um, and Loki has the same response. No, no, no. To his, he he goes back to the room himself, and so shows it. He plays it himself. Yeah, That's right. He, himself, he just he plays he watches, the future. He, he 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 watches like a best of where he gets to see Odin die, and he gets right. to see the moment when Thor is like, "I always thought we would be side by side forever, brother," and like all that, and then. Thanos kills him. I really like the effect here by Thanos killing him. Which I, I like love. the effect here, by the way, that um, the way they're able to pull the figures out of these movies and then make them look three dimensional, like like a hologram. Yes, it's very cool looking. They're not just watching like on these old episodes of Star Trek, like where they'll be like, like they'll do clip episodes, like the uh, the cage episodes. Yeah, and you're like, wow, they really these security cameras have some wild fucking angles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this, like, it really works. Like, it feels like the recording makes sense the way that it's presented. I mean, some of it does, and some of it more doesn't. or less. I mean, yeah. there are there's like yeah. there's like angles, but you you know you accept it. You're like, all right, yeah, yeah. like like the same way as like he instantly fast forwards and stops just in time to hear Odin say, "I love you, my sons." And right. it's like, right. yeah, we we get it. Like it's fucking it's fiction storytelling. That's how it works. It's but Loki has the exact same response to his death that I did, which is, wait, they killed me in the intro to the movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they just snapped my neck in the intro to the movie. What? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Like before the opening titles? Yes. Uh, so uh, that's also my response to the death of Loki. I think I'm not traditionally one of those guys. Like sometimes I like when they take a character and they kill them off unceremoniously to like prove something. Yeah. But that didn't feel like – that scene didn't feel like that in, in Infinity War. I really hated that death like in a big way. I, it, it was meant to be you know, your event series opening to show how – oh, this is serious – Right, this is very serious. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like killing all the Asgardians and Heimdall did that. I don't think they – I don't mind Loki dying. That's fine. But the way that he went out is like super punk business. Yeah. <laughs> there, There is an aspect to it where it's kind of like, uh, Tom, we're going to need you to come in and make these two movies with us. And you're like, uh, I've, I'm booked up a little bit. I can give you two days. And like, okay. <laughs> Well, the thing is, they have Thanos with most of the stones, and instead of using a stone to kill him, he just breaks his neck. It just felt like, like I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. The way they handled the stones, I think, was always bad, frankly. But anyway, I'm glad that the stones are now out of play. This, this, this episode fundamentally says, eh, fuck the stones, <laughs> uh, which I quite like. <laughs> sounds stupid or sounds dumb is, is the answer to that. Uh, so, uh, what happens is that, um, Mobius reveals to Loki that, um, they need his help in tracking down a variant who is going around through time and creating timelines and killing the Minutemen. The Minutemen are the soldiers yes. whenever they show up. And, uh, it's not just one of these, like, so we need to get Hannibal Lecter in here to find Buffalo Bill. It is actually Loki himself who is jumping yes. around timelines and killing the Minutemen. Um, and we get a scene of him doing just that. Although they, we do not see his face, so the, there's always the possibility that it's not him in some fashion, but it's him. It's almost certainly him, and I, well, I'm not going to say spoilers, but there's like been casting yeah. information about this yeah. that yeah. is out there. That there, There's multiple Lokis in the show. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
it's like it's like it's the um it's like the West in like eighteen sixties or something, right? That's where they, this was like Montana or something like that. I don't remember if they say when it is, but it, it, it's definitely. I mean, there's a farmhouse in the background. Well, there's like and there's like oil on the ground, and one of the Minutemen goes, "Ah, oh, some Yahoo found a time machine and thought he'd yeah. come back here and get rich." Which yeah. I love. That's like that must be what happens all the fucking time. There's like always some jackass and invents a time machine and yeah. then goes back in time to like I'm going to become the ruler of Egypt and these guys have to show up and kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, but what happens is that that oil was not just coming out of the ground. It was in fact set there by what seems to be Loki, who sets these guys on fire. It's interesting to see that they when they are in the real world they are super fucking vulnerable. Yep. Yeah, they, they burn they up pretty bad real quick. In fact, they are highly flammable because I don't think that just standing in a in in a thing of oil would set you on a fire quite the way these guys are engulfed in fire. No, no it happens very fast. <laughs> they are truly head to toe engulfed in flames and die in seconds. Um, but what happens is they have were setting up their um, timeline neutralizer, and they left it, and Loki grabs it. Yes, dun, dun, dun. And, and that seems to be where we're leaving off. Our show. Did I miss anything? There's a lot of talking in this, so I kind of like skipped over a lot of the talking. Not like I'm skipping over, but like there's a lot of talk. I mean, there's the bit where after he escapes and he fights the the time sergeant lady. He does some really good business because he keeps whipping her back and forth in yeah, time. Yeah, the way he, he's dialing it is incredible. Yeah, he, he takes the the neck restraint that he has. He gets it off himself, puts it on her, and messes with her, and. And uh, he does that. And then when Owen Wilson comes into the room and they talk a bit more, and Loki, having now watched his own death and whatnot, is fully broken apart. And 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 he says, like, like you know, I, I'm not – this is paraphrasing. He was like, I'm the god of, of mischief because I use – the, the idea that I am mischievous and, and, and deadly to hide the truth that I am weak and scared. Yeah, well, he says, do you like hurting people? Like, I don't like hurting people. I have yes. to hurt people because I'm weak. And yeah. this, he's like broken and sobbing as he says this. Yeah. Although it's interesting like because this is Loki, right? So like has Loki had a breakthrough? Who knows? Who knows? Indeed, I am very Ooh, curious, yeah. and I it's a, it's a that's a good he, that's a good setup for the show f- to put him in a position where he will help them hunt down other Lokis. Yes, but it's also a good setup for a, a twist of Rooney. Yes, yes. Uh, at the end of the season, and then the second uh, uh, line that I think was ad libbed by Owen Wilson was when he comes back into the room and sees that Loki's gone, and he goes, "That mischievous scamp." <laughs> but that's actually a line that's a that's that's a reference to a previous line. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. uh, Loki calls himself "I'm a mis- I'm a mischievous scamp." Oh, he does, doesn't he? Okay, yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's, that's scamp is such an Owen Wilson word. Well, it's just because if you're writing for Owen Wilson, that's a word you want to put in his mouth for yeah. sure. Scamp. Yeah. He definitely will say that totally correctly. Uh, so and, there was and one. We skip the DB Cooper bit. Oh, we skipped the whole D.B. Cooper bit, which is great because when that, that bit was in the trailers, we all thought that was going to be part of Loki's time-hopping adventures. But no, it is just – they're just showing a clip. There's just a yeah, clip from his he, life. He said, he said he lost the bet with Thor and Heimdall and had to do that, which I'd love to know what that bet was and how they came up with that is the payment of the bet. But who knows? It's so funny. Like it's just a funny little thing. And it's, it's the kind of thing they spent like a bunch of money on. Yeah. And really it only exists to put it in the trailers and make you think that something else is happening. 
Yeah. Because yeah. it's a funny scene. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. It didn't feel bad or like pointless. It was very humorous and very well done. Yeah. But at this, but also at the same time, it was like, wow, that really is like nothing. Like, but that's the part that Owen Wilson's like, you know, you're TB Cooper. How cool is that? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's one other thing that happens in this episode that I did not catch, but I have now caught up people talking about it online. I want to talk about it. What's that? People think they saw Agent Carter in the background of a shot. And I looked at the screenshots and maybe. Really? Yeah. So here's the thing. There's a send me the shot real quick. Yeah. So um there is a sequence where he is in the hallway and he is um he has escaped and he is in the hallway, and then as he's running down the hallway, a um portal opens up and people walk out of the portal. And he turns around and comes away. And okay. what happens is that it's two Minutemen bringing somebody through the portal into the um, into the TVA. Okay. So um, when you look at the the woman, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, when you look at the woman, here we go. I'm going to send you this okay. link. I'm going to send it to you on Twitter. Okay. Yep. That's my best way of sending it from my laptop to you. Um, when you uh, and I'll put it into the um, I'll put it into the show notes too. Okay. Um, when you look at this woman, I mean, she is like legitimately styled to look like Agent Carter. I don't think it's the actress. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's the actress. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, it looks like yeah. It I mean, really it could be look- anybody. There's no way. There's no way to know. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Sure. But here's why I think this is plausible, because we know that there's a what if show coming. Yes. And there's going to be a variant reality where Agent Carter is Captain America, Captain America or Captain yeah. Britain, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, like, is this a little wink and nod at that? Well, th- th- this connects to something I was watching the show. I was like, man, I really want to see a short now where we see the, the post of Endgame where Captain America has returned the, the uh, uh, stones where they're supposed to be. And then goes to live with Peggy Carter for the rest of his life. And just I want to see a scene where, like, he's in the garden – you know, mowing the lawn or whatever. And then TVA guys like, like Owen Wilson shows up with a couple of TVA guys and is like, Hey Steve, if you're going to live back here in the past, don't do anything. Cause if you do anything, we're going to have to kill you, <laughs> you know? And that's the explanation of why Steve Rogers did not stop nine 11. Well, it's <laughs> you know? funny, right? So like, it's really funny because, um, the, all that end game shit is like such a mess. And in the show, they just address it with the, with a, terrific hand wave because loki's like oh if you look at people that fuck with the timeline the avengers are who you want and they're like i know the avengers are supposed to do that yeah. like that's it the avengers are supposed to do that that's it this is simple as that yeah. and uh i like that very much because i don't need to spend a lot of time figuring out how that because that, that that doesn't work i think the time travel stuff in endgame doesn't work i think within no. the rules no. established yeah. and if the if the mcu just sort of moves forward and goes eh, let's not worry about that i, well, will be I, I mean here happy. is the it's a judge of time says no that's fine <laughs> she's the, she decides what's canon and what isn't canon so there yeah. you go now yeah. yeah whether or not they're going to go into the steve rogers thing is gonna i'm curious i am curious yeah. about that whether it'll ever be touched on or if the events of this show will render that meaningless maybe i mean because they wiped here, out the timeline, right? I, I'm so confused by this. Well, so here's well, that they wiped out that timeline where he where he got the where he escaped. Yeah, because in the the main timeline, he doesn't escape. 
Yes. So now he's a new, he's now they wiped out his timeline. He doesn't have a timeline anymore. And so there's just that main timeline. But Steve would have created, no matter what happened, would have created some kind of a new timeline by going back and is almost certainly, right? Yeah. So the question I have is, will the TVA exist at the end of the season? That's my theory is that they're not going to exist at the end of the season. Seems like it makes sense to me, right? So they that, would not that exist. Loki is going to destroy the TVA. That's it's just the most theory. obvious solution to this, right? It, especially the multiverse of madness. That's what and it prob- sounds like. And like, also probably Spider-Man's going to be a multiverse movie too. Yeah. Yeah. So that seems mo- most likely that somehow Loki destroys the TVA and creates an endless loop of multiverses and that that's where everything goes crazy. Because the thing is, one of the things in this episode is they're talking about the idea of choices. And Loki's like, I make my own choices. Like, do you? Yes. But that's just also related not just to that, but also to the timeline. The timeline, you only have one choice. You are de- destined to do these things yes. according to the timekeepers. And so Loki doesn't like that. In, in the episode, and, and, he doesn't like And that. we know he does indeed make his own choices. He's a variant. He broke off from what was right. supposed to happen. Right. So I would say that one of Loki's goals would be to, to, if he cannot take the power of the TVA, would be to destroy the TVA because he doesn't want anybody telling him how he's going to live his life. Yes. That's what I would say. And that makes the most sense. Because the thing is, the TVA is one of those concepts that was introduced in Fantastic Four. And it's just one of those big sci fi concepts. It's like fun. And it was introduced as fun. It wasn't introduced as like a, this is now going to be a. Yeah. significant story thing from now on. This is yeah. not a structure it, part. It's not like in, in DC, I think what they're called the linear men and they're much more of a serious concept in DC, right. even though they don't seem to ever do anything in DC because they're always just show up when there's a crisis and they're like, the timeline is messed up. It's like, well, where have you been? It's like the real, it's like the real fucking police. You're like, where, where were you when the crime was happening yeah. guys? Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, what's up, um, uh, Rip Hunter? You've just been hanging out, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, I was wrong. The TVA first appeared in four. Oh, okay. Uh, I knew it was, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's Walt Simonson that created them, um, and Sal Buscema. Um, and, uh, so the TVA first support appeared in Thor. And so it's like definitely just like sort of like an off, uh, you know, hand, funny group that's like intended to like, be one of those like answers to like the big questions that the Marvel comics will never actually answer. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like one of those little jokey things and they're in two issues of Thor. They're a bureaucracy there. It's just an endless bunch of guys at computer terminals and that it looks like a 1980s office in, in, in Thor. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, they're, they don't really work as like a real actual group. No. Do you know what I mean? Like they really take a lot of the flavor out of the universe. So you're going to have to definitely pull it away. Plus Kang the Conqueror showing up in the new Ant-Man movie. Yes. And that feels like a kind of thing that he probably would not be able to do what he does if there was a TVA chasing him around all the time, right? I would, I would think so. Which is so, one of the theories is that at the end of the series, Loki will be Kang the Conqueror. We'll meet him? No, Loki will be Kang. He's he not, becomes though. Kang. No, I don't think so. They cast Kang already. We have an actor playing Kang. Yes. But like I said, he's a, one of he's the a, he's a, he's Look, a, It's the same, he's a black the same people who are like, oh, they, they pointed at a devil, so obviously Mephisto is in this. And it's like... <laughs> no, it's Jonathan Majors, who's from Lovecraft Country. Yes. Um, so they definitely cannot... Um, it would be super weird if, <laughs> if they... If they made Loki turn into a black guy at the end, like some kind of weird blackface business, it'd be very strange. Unless one of the variants of Loki is just a black guy. That is possible. I guess that is possible. But I bet they're going to keep Kang's 
lineage pretty samey. As in nobody actually understands it or knows it? Well, no. Kang's lineage is that he is um, descended from Reed Richards. Well, he's Reed Richards. Yeah, it's all. But it, it he's descended. Might, he's like he's like not, generations. Even now. he's not sure if that's true or not. Right, but that's still that's still the general thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also whether or not they use the origin, it, since they're clearly building up to Young Avengers, the leader of Young Avengers, Iron the, Lad, is Young Kang. In the Ultimate Universe, Kang is Sue Storm. She becomes Kang in the future. Yeah, no, they're not so, going to do that. They're yeah. going to have. No, but but I'm saying also, like, like, like there's Majors. Kangs from different. Earths uh, throughout the multiverse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. But the classic Kang origin is that he's a descendant of Reed Richards, and I yeah. guarantee that the MCU is going to go with the classic Well, he, he's a descendant of Nathan Richards, Reed Richards' dad, because Reed Richards' dad traveled to the future, had himself some babies, and then that was my... Well, it's all the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's all so, confusing. And uh, it's all very confusing. He keeps getting retconned. But I think that's going to be the connection, though. It's, he's going to be a Richards. Yeah. That makes the most sense because they're introducing Fantastic Four into the universe. Yeah. So um, I think we both love this episode, huh? I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I thought it was a, a really interesting dive into the psyche of Loki, which I, I was not expecting to have happen. Uh, you know, yeah, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was really good. I, I, I'm interested to see if they – give more explanations towards what that multiverse war was, or if they're just going to leave it where it is and be like, that's enough. You don't need more. You know, I bet they're going to leave it. It's like, Ooh, what could it be? I bet they're going to leave it where it is. And that's one of those nice things you can set up for somebody else to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no reason to give too much info on that. You just give enough info and then maybe someday somebody else picks it up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was really funny. Um, a show that's mostly talking, people in just big rooms talking, I thought was gripping. It moved um, very fast and really it clipped did. along. It, it was goes. the longest show yet, I think. Was it? I, I don't know. It's like 52 minutes or something like that. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like real length. Real, real, real fucking <laughs> unlike, real life. Unlike some of these like 32 minute Falcon Winter Soldier episodes. Oh, here's the other thing that I thought was interesting is they show Loki, he watches himself killing Phil Coulson. Mm. But we, we are not told if Phil Coulson is alive or not. But he's, he's definitely not alive. Do you know how I know he's definitely not alive? Because they don't say here, well, he's alive. No, they don't say, and you couldn't even do that right. Exactly, yeah. Like, like that's, what, that's what Mobius would have said. He, in yeah. that moment, as he's breaking Loki down, he would have said, oh, so you killed this guy, and then the Avengers form just to avenge him and conquer you? Oh, by the way, you couldn't even do that right, because here's well, Phil Coulson well, running it, around in space. Especially because Loki says, well, that doesn't help him any. And he would have been like, well, he's fine, though. He's right here. <laughs> like, like right. He, he survived. Yeah, we have officially, without a doubt, I think, made it that um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon. Yes. But I think the premise of this show is going to make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon in the long run. Yes, it's just a, a different multiverse. It's just a variant yeah, yeah. timeline. That's that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. Um, that in the main MCU, Phil Coulson is dead, but there is a universe where Phil Coulson is alive. Yes. That, I, I'm almost certain that's where it's going to end up. And I wonder if that's like even like one of the things that happens at the end of this fucking show. I cannot wait for the entire world to have to deal with uh, with what us DC fans have been dealing with for <laughs> our entire lives of trying to make sense of all of this stuff and be like, wait a minute, what? 
Where does that take place? What? Oh my god! Yeah. Why does he have green eyes in this issue? What is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all headed that way. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. Our 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 nerd pop culture. We have gone from um, from every Punisher movie where the Punisher couldn't have the skull in his chest because people would think it was too goofy, or also where like every superhero villain fight takes place on a dock. Yep. So now there is the multiverse, and we're all juggling ideas of multiversal uh, variants of characters and uh, stuff like that. It's really crazy how far it's come in just a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's. Wild. It's truly wild. Uh, and it's probably going to implode in the next couple of years. So I mean, let's ride this wave while we can. Just, we live in a world where Aquaman made a billion dollars. It's just so confusing to me. It's like, and I love Aquaman. It's not, I'm not saying anything bad about the movie. I love that movie, but it's like, holy crap, Aquaman is a bigger box office draw than Superman. Like, that's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. it's easy. It's pretty fucking weird. And now we've well, got a Flash movie that's just going to erase everything. Maybe. I don't know. It seems like it. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, it, we're going to get a Flash movie that's going to feel really fucking outdated by the time it comes out. Yeah. I, I mean, th- that Marvel is beating DC to the multiverse punch is just like so goddamn. That's just rude. That's just so rude. Like, that's DC's whole thing is the multiverse. And Marvel's like, nah, fuck you. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty fucked up. That's real. That's hurtful. That hurts. Yeah. That hurts. All right. So we love this show. I'm excited to watch the rest of the season, man. Yes. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm interested to see where it goes. I do. Like we said, I think it's going to, the TVA will be destroyed by the end. And that kind of makes me sad because I feel like that also means that uh, Owen Wilson won't be around anymore. I wouldn't go so far. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of like um, rogue agency or whatever that comes out of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like time jumpers or whatever. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Could Owen Wilson show up in Multiverse of Madness? Could Owen Wilson get his own fucking TV show? Leading a group of time investigators. Well, th- th- that's the thing is, I feel like that this is a show, if the TVA is not destroyed at the end, or even if it is and they go and form their own little thing or whatever, a show of just the two of them solving time problems, like that quantum leap thing you sent me, yeah. where, where it's them instead. Like, yeah, like, I'd watch the hell out of that. You know, and is Tom Hiddleston going to be like, no, I'm too good for TV? No, like, I think he would do it. Who knows? I I, I think it would be great. I think it would yeah. be so good. Um, yes, I'm excited for the rest of the season. I'm excited to have Marvel Vision back on uh, solid ground here after uh, a little bit of a hiatus and a couple episodes with MODOK, which we love, you know, which is fine. But, like, this is a very different experience talking about this. Um, all right, Derek, in the meantime, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Woolhat. And you can find me on Twitter at DevonCF. If you're listening to this show uh, via a regular podcast app, thanks so much. I hope you subscribe. Please subscribe and please consider rating the show. Please consider giving it a good – actually, only give it a good rating. If you're considering giving it a bad rating, please don't. Also, why have you listened this far into the episode? Yeah, don't like an hour right? and a half into the episode. You don't like it? Come on. you got to find something else to do with yourself. But if you liked it, give us a good rating of five stars. But also, if you like what we do here, we do more of this stuff on another show called The Bad Batch, where we talk about Star Wars TV shows. We're currently talking about The Bad Batch, the new Star Wars cartoon show. And we have a monthly that, – that show's weekly. You can get that if you are a $1 or above subscriber at the Patreon. Patreon is patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A. 
And if you're a $5 a month or above subscriber, you can get Watchmen. It's our deep dive monthly podcast into superhero films. And when a new superhero film comes out, we'll talk about that. But when the months when there isn't one, and there hasn't been one for months now, we talk about old ones. And what we do is we let you guys at home choose. So right now we have a poll running. Uh, it'll be up until tonight if you're listening to this the day this drops. Um, it, you know, there's a poll running, and it's going to be one of three original superhero movies, not based on an existing property. So you can either vote for Darkman, Sky High, or Chronicle. Um, and we've had some really interesting comments on this poll. People find this a very difficult poll to vote in because they think that all three of these are worth discussing. Sky High is really underrated. Chronicle has like weirdly disappeared from the consciousness in a, in a strange way, I think, which makes it fresh for revisiting. And of course, Darkman is just a classic. So um, right now, Darkman is winning. So if you want us to talk about one of the other two, sign up for $5 and vote right now. Um, and uh, yeah, what was that? I was going to say something I'm not going to. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Not for Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> Chronicle's coming in last right now, I think. Yeah, it is. It's I was hoping not, it's not a movie. I'm, I'm just, it's fine. It's a fine movie, but like, See, I think it's worth talking about because it's from such a different era, and there's so many elements of it that are of a different era, and there's like a lot of people involved that are worth talking about. You know, it's just a really interesting movie because it's like 2012, right? I, I don't remember when it came out, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, a crazy cast and like, you know, the the rise and fall of Josh Trank. And, and like also like it's a movie that exists at the exact crossover from the um, found footage craze yeah. to superheroes like it's like wild like it's a wild spot in history right there yeah. it has I think it's, some of the worst excuses for them continuing to film stuff i've ever seen <laughs> but you're just kind of caught you're like well, I but guess. it does get really cool at the end though when they're uh, using psychic powers to control the cameras it's pretty yes cool. yeah uh but uh anyway we're probably not gonna talk about the movie so i feel no. comfortable talking about it here um but anyway uh, that's five dollars and above a month you get that show you get the bad batch and you also help keep this show being produced it means everything to us and if you are already a subscriber thank you so much your support is everything and i guess that's it for this week until next week on loki may you be safe may you be happy may you be healthy may you be well but most of all may you have a glorious purpose May you have a glorious purpose.